Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus took, looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. May I ask a favor of the sound team? Would you bring down my volume just a, just a little bit, please? Thank you. Test, test, one, two. Very good, very good. Maybe, is that good? Can you hear me out there? Okay, thank you so much. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for the saints who have gone before us. Help us learn and be strengthened by them. In your name we pray, amen. So this past week at Bible study, we finished reading the book of Leviticus. And it's really an interesting book. It's like a handbook for priests who in Old Testament times functioned like public health experts, as well as keepers of religious ritual and civil law. They were like judges, doctors, and priests all rolled into one. So there's not a lot of story in the book. It's mostly instructional and law-based. So you could say it's more dry reading, but it's very interesting. And near the end of the book, there is a story. It says this, it says, one day there was a fight that broke out between two men. One man was mixed heritage. His mom was Israelite and his father was Egyptian. The other person that was in the fight was a person who was Israelite on both sides. At some point during their altercation, 
the man with the mixed heritage blasphemed God. He used offensive language either about God or about the man he was fighting using God's name to curse him. Or maybe he did both. So, what were they to do? They took the case to Moses and to God. And after a discernment, the t- a command was given to take the man outside of the camp. Everyone who witnessed him blaspheming was to lay their hands on him, and then he would be stoned to death. And that's what they did. Can you believe that? Wow, that was a tough story for us to read. It's texts like that in the Bible that caused me wonder caused me to wonder why there isn't more questioning. How could we see God's grace there? How could we see a God of love? It's interesting because earlier in the book of Leviticus, there is the scapegoat that is used near the Day of Atonement, where a goat without blemish would be taken on behalf of the whole community They would put their sins on the goat, and then the goat would run out into the wilderness, taking their sins away from them. A very humanitarian act, if you think about it. But in the same book, it seems like this man was like a scapegoat. He took on the sins of the people and died. So it occurred to us as a group as we were studying this that this person reminds us of Jesus. You know, when Jesus was crucified, the accusation made against him was that he blasphemed God and that he was worthy of death for doing so. And Jesus blasphemed God, according to some people, both for the Romans, because only Caesar could be the son of God, and Jesus called himself the son of God, and some of the religious leaders claimed that he blasphemed God by doing the same thing. And so, as we know, Jesus was crucified. And again, we ask ourselves this question, how can a God of love do that? You know, sometimes people talk about salvation. They say, how does it work? And they use this term called penal substitution. You know, the only way that our sins are forgiven is that Jesus paid the price for them. Which raises a question, well, why wouldn't God the Father just forgive us? One way to think about this is that Jesus is God. This is what we believe in the Holy Trinity. Jesus is God. And so when Jesus suffers and dies on the cross for us, God is suffering and dying because of our sins. And that's what we experience and we we really delve into each year on Good Friday. And when we think of that, it makes us humble. It makes us realize how vulnerable Jesus was. And when we think about Jesus' resurrection, when we think about how Jesus rose from the dead, we have hope that there is life beyond death. There's more than we understand or can realize. When Jesus resurrected, 
He didn't just like show up and stay there. It was only brief encounters, brief moments when some people got to see him. Maybe some of you have had experiences where you have felt Jesus' presence. And if you have, that's a wonderful feeling. But it normally doesn't last a long time. It's usually brief. Jesus, even though he resurrected, he left. He left. He ascended. So there came a point where the people had to figure it out without him. They had to figure it out without Jesus. And that's the same thing each and every one of us have to do when we lose somebody, when somebody that we love dies. Of course, we believe in eternal life, that their spirit lives on, but it doesn't change the fact that we've got to figure out how to carry on without them. The one consolation that we have is the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus sends his Holy Spirit on Pentecost, he's sending his spirit. He's saying, I'm going to send my spirit to be with you so that you're never alone. So even though Jesus isn't with them physically like he briefly was after his resurrection, his spirit lives on with them. I think of the Holy Spirit as something contagious, like a contagious behavior. You know, of course, viruses are contagious, right? They spread. But other things are contagious too, like behaviors. You know, behaviors can be contagious. When we think about our parents or our grandparents or our great-grandparents, they had some behaviors, some things that they did that surely you recognize in yourself, right? As we get older, we say, wow, I'm really turning in to my dad, or I'm really turning into my mom. Or someone says, your grandpa or your grandma used to do that same thing that you do. These behaviors are taught and carried forward. And the same thing is true about Jesus. Jesus' behaviors are carried forward by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit allows us to live like Jesus would like us to do. That is one way that that we experience the resurrection, practically, when we, the people of God, act like Jesus did. Physically, we also have the sacraments. When we share the bread and the wine later during communion, this is a physical presence of Jesus with us. But perhaps most importantly, we are the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. We are living the resurrection. The fact that we can be alive and walk around is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle that we can even be alive, and it is a sign of Jesus' resurrection. So what about planet Earth? Scientists tell us that we've got about a billion, with a B, billion years left until the planet would naturally begin to die. That the atmosphere, everything, it could go for another billion years. I think we should start to plan what are we going to do with our next billion years. Each one of us lives for a brief period of time, but we overlap, we share the Word of God, 
we teach and we think, what could we really accomplish? What could this earth be like if we truly followed the Spirit of Jesus and we learned everything that we could from our loved ones and we carry their spirit forward? One way that this world could be, that we could imagine, is what Jesus describes for us in our reading this morning. Jesus said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Religion is a kind of practical way of living and believing in eternal life. On this All Saints Sunday, we think and we feel about all of the saints in our lives who have brought us this far. Their soul may go to heaven, but their spirit continues to live and to guide us when we remember their most faithful behaviors and characteristics. A couple weeks ago, I went back to Arizona for the funeral of my aunt, Aunt Dottie. It ended up being a funeral for like four people of our family because it had been that long since we had all gathered. And we remembered them and we remembered the wonderful things that we did, that they did, and we laughed about their unique personality characteristics too. Each of us can think about family members, about the good things they did, and maybe some of the behaviors we don't want to carry on. The point of eternal life and resurrection is how it affects us in this life. This is the primary theater of God's concern. Let us make the most of the time that we have by learning from the saints. Let us remember to emulate the best of what we have inherited and let us change what we can. We don't have anything to worry about because Jesus' spirit is here to guide us. Amen. We sing our hymn of the day. I invite you to stand. And as we sing of the hymn of the day, this would be 